0: So the best way I can phrase this is Georgia had a pretty big weekend. I think that kind of encapsulates the entirety of our focus for this show. May get into something that On Johnson, a former Auburn running back, current NFL running back, uh, had to say over the weekend. But Georgia had a pretty big weekend. Now, I want to start, like, like when you're on – a Word document, you hit enter and then tab and create that little, like, you create the bullet points. Yeah. We're going to start hitting right. those there. I want to start <laughs> by talking about Georgia in a local sense. Because South Georgia has become a recruiting <clears throat> hotbed, and obviously that's going to filter up to the next level. And we saw a bunch of guys get opportunities to head to the NFL, whether that was being drafted or... Or signing undrafted free agent deals, which we saw a multitude of over the weekend, which Saturday basically becomes got to be one of the busiest days for people who cover the draft and cover NFL teams because Whew. you have you have the draft and then you have Saturday, which is the final rounds of the NFL draft. And then immediately following that last pick, all of the players who didn't get drafted who were eligible that are signing deals with your team. So it's just a hugely busy time in the NFL. And so we saw just a rush of signings on Saturday and Sunday, including a bunch of local guys. So I want to talk about a bunch of these folks. But first of all, I think it's funny, PJ, because you are getting old. Sure. Because I feel confident in saying that you did a game day from a game for all of these players, that's a very good point. At some point in high school, you were at a game for one of these players broadcasting prior to it.
1: That's a that's a very good point. Very good possibility. And Not a possibility. On, honestly, lo- looking looking forward to yeah, looking forward to hearing more about that. Yeah. So all for of sure. these
0: guys, I I know you have done games for. Uh, we'll start with Calvin <coughs> Turner, uh, former New Hampstead superstar.
1: Well, uh, there's the first one. That's yeah. it. Already crossed off the list. Yes. Yep. You're yep. right.
0: Okay, yep. So we'll, just, we'll continue <laughs> that. Did PJ do a game day for one of their games? Yep. Calvin Turner uh played his football at New Hampstead, then went to Jacksonville. They shut down the football program at Jacksonville. Yeah. So he took his talents out to Hawaii, which I mean trading up. Uh not a day. T- yeah. <laughs>
1: not a bad choice <laughs> yeah. by any means.
0: Trading up yeah. went out, balled out in Hawaii. He, he has signed or excuse me, he was an undrafted free agent. He's accepted workouts with the Ravens and the 49ers, which You need a replacement for Debo? True. Calvin Turner would be a pretty good place to just try it out. Yeah. So I think it's going to be fun. And then Ravens are the Ravens, one of the best, just, I don't want to say programs, one of the best
1: franchises
0: in football is the best way to put
1: that. Absolutely. That's a really good point, though, about Debo. And and honestly, if you just want to have some fun, want to watch some good football, like, Seriously, go watch some Calvin Turner highlights of from Hawaii from yeah. like the past year or two, especially last year. Like you said, a little bit of everything. I mean, that some some punt returns, some kick returns, uh, the wider, obviously receiving, yeah. some rushing touchdowns. I mean, he, he did it all for them. It was amazing. And then going a little bit up the
0: road, this might be the first one where maybe this was a little too far out of your range. I don't know, but still a 9 1 2 guy. Long County's Tariq Carpenter. Right. Saw himself get drafted in the sixth round by the Green Bay Packers out of Georgia Tech. He was the lone Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket, uh, to see his name called. But joining former Long County teammate, Jamin Davis, who was a first-round pick by the Washington Commanders last year. So yeah. from that team, from that Long County team, two NFL players now. I mean, that's that's something. Uh, this, to me, a really cool story and one that has now s- like circumnavigated the United States. Demetrius Robertson, True. Yeah, yeah. Savannah Christian Superstar goes out, plays his freshman year at Cal, was, I believe, freshman All-American at Cal, mm-hmm. transfers back to the University of Georgia, plays on a bunch of really good teams for Georgia, and then this past year transfers to Auburn. So we've gone from Savannah, yeah, right, all the way to California, back to Athens, to Alabama Auburn's in Alabama for those of you folks who are, are freaking out right now Auburn's <laughs> in Alabama Oh wait a minute so, yeah, yeah. so from Athens to Alabama and then from Alabama he has now signed an undrafted free agent deal with the Seattle Seahawks Oh my So I mean to complete this yeah he's got to like he's got to play a few years with the Seahawks and then play for one of the New York teams or Buffalo True right
1: Maybe yeah I was going to say yeah maybe venture up there you know closer to Canada such and a Buffalo cool story that'd be for crazy.
0: like a, a amazing person yeah and someone who is kind of becoming like what the story of the like you didn't used to hear of journeyman college football players true just because of the way the rules worked Mm -hmm. but demetrius robertson absolutely a journeyman college football player and now getting his chance joining former or another former south georgia guy and i should say former he's always gonna be a south georgia guy (laughs) but joining another south georgia guy in dj dallas yeah up in Seattle. So a couple of 912 guys, if you're looking for some local interest, uh, up in Seattle. Moving on, uh, we're actually gonna talk to this guy tomorrow at two o'clock, former Groves High School standout Shabari Davis. No, you don't want his games. Right. Yeah. Uh he had an interesting story as well. Born in Garden City, played in Garden City Stadium mm-hmm. for Groves, and then his first community college, can you guess the name of it?
1: Uh off the top of my head, no. Garden City. Garden City, I, I, pro- I, I tried to tee yeah. it up for you. Garden I,
0: City Community College. Uh, then from there, he went to Southeast Missouri State. <laughs> he has signed an undrafted free agent deal with, I guess, the team closest to home, Jacksonville Jaguars. Right, yeah. And oh. so he'll be down there working as a defensive back with them, got that camp invite. Uh, another guy I know we have done games for uh, in the past, Kevin Harris, Bradwell Institute standout, Yeah. Uh, signed with South Carolina out of high school, uh, led the SEC in rushing his junior year. He was selected in the sixth round by Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. How
1: about that? At least he's... Now, listen. If you want to go somewhere to, to really be able to, to show your talents and they're going to put you in the right spot and use you in the right areas, um, you know, that's, that's the New England Patriots for sure. So really looking forward to his, his shot there. But I'm glad also that they kind of run a, a multi-back system. And yeah. Kevin Harris, now his body and could take Kevin it.
0: Kevin Harris and Damian Harris. So yeah, you know, the, there you the, go. The law firm of Harris and Harris. Yeah,
1: for sure. Uh, Kevin, uh, listen, Kevin Harris's body could take it, for sure. I mean, a big, bulky tank of a running back. It's built like a refrigerator. Yeah, it's a monster. Yeah. Then again, I am happy he's not going to have to carry 30-plus times every weekend now. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, you look true. back at the Pradwell times, uh, you know, they were, they were running him quite a bit. Even in South Carolina, he was the workhorse. So... I can't wait to see his opportunity, uh, but hopefully he can get some big runs and and instead of have those twenty five carry days, more yeah. like twelve to fifteen. Oh, Mike Bobo, turn down a little hell bit. out of Kevin Harris.
0: <laughs> uh, congratulations to him being
1: Absolutely, selected by yeah. the New England
0: Patriots. Uh, also, Myjay Sanders, former Camden County standout, yeah. went up to Cincinnati. I remember Ben and BJ went down and covered his signing, and that was kind of the beginning of Cincinnati starting to build that foundation True. of where they are now is probably the premier G5, soon-to-be Big 12 member school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Majay heads heads up to Cincinnati, becomes a terror off the edge. He was selected in the third round by the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, So he's going to go out there and try to become another Chandler Jones uh, right. for the Cardinals out there, and I think he might be the guy to do it. A guy with very local ties. He actually committed to his college out of this studio. Mm-hmm. Quandre Mosley. Former Glenn Academy standout, went the JUCO route, and then came here and did his uh, commitment live on the air where he signed with Kentucky, Yeah, uh, played at Kentucky, had a pick six, a bunch of turnovers uh, up there for the Wildcats. He has signed an undrafted free agent deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, So congratulations to Quandre there. He's going to be playing corner in the NFL. Want to hear Uh, a
1: fun fact about Quandre Mosley? Hit me. Beat me and pick up basketball one one night. I would night. imagine he probably beat the yeah, hell out of did, you. In yeah, it basketball. did. It did not go yeah. well for for our team, uh, but it was it, it, obviously a great time to have him there and a great person, good good guy to hang around and uh, obviously wish him best of luck. But uh, the the premier athlete without a doubt, and I know firsthand.
0: But yeah, you were number two there though.
1: Of course, yeah, yeah. I okay, mean, cool. any gym I walk into, I'm easily number two.
0: Yeah. Finally, uh, after a <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> definitely not the other, definitely not one.
0: Uh, finally, uh, wrapping up the guy from the 912 who are now headed to the NFL is Kobe uh from Valdosta, part of a bunch of really good Valdosta football teams. Why are you giggling?
1: I'm just still laughing at the at the joke because you just, just you literally funny.
0: just called yourself poop at basketball.
1: Oh well, yeah, yeah. You said no, no matter exactly. what
0: you walked in there, you're number two. Self burn. Yeah,
1: that's those fair. are rare. I appreciate it. No, I mean that's the thing. But I, like, I I know for a fact I'm number two. I'm definitely not number one though. So like. Even if I'm worse than number two, I'm at least Who does number possibly. two work for? Yeah, there's so many different jokes you can go for there. Uh, no, but McLean, yeah. You, you were...
0: Yeah, a Kobe McLean out of Valdosta uh, was a safety for Auburn, signed an undrafted free agent deal with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, for all the college football fans out there who's like, why do I know that name? Well, he's played for Auburn for the past four years. Mm-hmm. But also, think back, 2019, Iron Bowl, Iron Bowl, Iron Bowl. There you go. Ball goes off of the back of Najee Harris's helmet, and a defensive back picks it off and takes it 100 yards uh, for the upset over Alabama in the Iron Bowl there. That was a Kobe McLean. That'd be him. Out of Valdosta, now yeah. headed up to Baltimore to play for the Ravens. So that's just a quick recap of where the local guys ended up uh, in the NFL. That being said, again, the theme of the show Georgia had a big weekend. Yep. I think it is safe to say now, after this draft, that the state of Georgia is the premier high school football state in the country, over Texas, over Florida, over California. And I know there are going to be people listening uh, and people reacting online saying, bro, Friday Night Lights, Texas, like it, it's Texas, or it's it's California, look at all the Heisman Trophy winners, look at the quarterbacks that have come out of there. I just want to present a few facts to you. This one I tweeted out a little bit earlier just to try to gauge your reaction. But I I believe this to be the case. This past weekend, Texas led a number of players drafted. They have 32 players drafted in the 22 NFL draft, right? Georgia was second with 30. Here's where this gets interesting. The state of Texas has 29 million people in it. (laughs) Almost 30 million people in that population. Mm-hmm. The state of Georgia, 10.62. So about the third the population of Texas. Right. And they put in two less players. A couple more facts for you. Back-to-back number one overall picks. And I thought Chris Mooneyham, our friend, made a good point uh, in response to this conversation. He said, 6'8 of the fan of Atlanta, he said, it's not just one position. Right. Some states are known for producing quarterbacks, i.e. California. Defensive back, South Florida, right? Last year, Trevor Lawrence was the first player taken quarterback. This year, same team. First player taken, defensive lineman out of Thomaston. right? Quarterback, out of Cartersville. Next year, defensive lineman out of Thomaston. So back-to-back number one overall picks. I think you had three or four in the first round overall. Right, believe so, yeah. But then you look at the per capita of amount of players that are in the Power Five, amount of players in Division One football, the infrastructure in and around it, because you always look out at Texas, and to be fair, if you want to talk about fan support, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd probably still give it to Texas because they're putting 40,000 people at a high school football game. For sure. Right? That's yeah. different. But when I'm talking about on the field, to me, it's hard to argue with thirty players drafted by NFL teams in one draft out of a population of ten million.
1: Right. And I think right. yeah, yeah. I think that's hard. For, like, it's hard to break the mold. Like, uh, what's the saying? Right. You're gonna you're gonna come for the king. You better yeah, not miss. Let's not miss. Listen, it again. Like you're talking about, it's not about fan support. It's not about the spectacle. Because if you're talking about the spectacle spectacle of high school football. It's hard to argue, in that, and that's probably never going to change. It's, it's always going to be Texas in those Friday Night Lights. But if you're talking numbers, pure football and, and, and the recruiting numbers, the, like you said, the, the numbers that Georgia has been starting to take over in and players drafted into the NFL, and just, again, it, you're talking about production and numbers. It's, without a doubt, starting to lean Georgia and has been. For the past four or five years.
0: There's been a big four for a while, which has been Georgia, Florida, Texas, and California. And I throw Ohio in there as well, because Ohio puts out some dudes. But when we're talking about producing talent, and you have to do it kind of at a per capita basis, right? Because California is even bigger than Texas. Right. Right? So the fact that Georgia's putting out two less players in Texas and eight more players than California... Mm -hmm. into the NFL draft just is a credit, I think, to the coaching and to the parents and just to the quality of football in the state of Georgia. Absolutely. So I'm going to put the statement out there. Feel free to agree or disagree. We would absolutely love to hear the agreements or the disagreements. 912-342-7184. Get your thoughts on it. But you've been covering high school football in Georgia for a long time. I've been covering. i played high school football in the state of Georgia. It is... There's an upward trajectory yeah. currently happening. And a lot of these schools, there is a there is a fiscal investment that's happening. Sure. And there's a facility investment that's happening. But also you have a ton of stuff outside of just the schools. Like I think a Chuck Smith uh, in Atlanta, former Falcon's great. He has his own pass rushing academy where yeah. people just come from all over the country to work with him there. But obviously the advantage you have is is you're going to get a bunch of local players that get to work with one of the best pass rushers ever, developing their techniques, taking it to the next level, and then going off uh, to the NFL. You have Terrence Edwards, who's got his tight end wide receiver academy, where he's working with a bunch of these local guys, getting them ready for the next level. It's a seven-on-seven camp. Say what you will about those. But another number one overall pick from the state of Georgia, Cam Newton, Mm-hmm. Who's gotten involved? A dude who I will say had the best single season by a player in college football history. Yep, is from the state of Georgia. So, to me, right now, it's pretty inarguable that Georgia, at least, and obviously this is fluid; it changes every year. But right now, with the year that the state of Georgia has had, yeah, I'd say best football in the country, and I don't think it's really close.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I would have to agree with you there, and and like you said, I think that's another thing that people kind of. Get confused on it's hard to break that mold of of that thought process. Is it is a ever flowing, ever changing thing? And right now, I ju- just feel like Georgia is in fact taking that that throne. And like you said, it, it's been a progressive uh, movement that has been coming. I think for the past four or five years, you, you've yeah. seen that kind of boom a little bit. And it's first, it's because of so many different things. It's because of that investment. Uh, it's because by the schools themselves and the financial investments. Yeah. It's because of those investments with the seven on seven and the involvement uh, by former players and things yeah. like that. And and I think parents, players have a a, a bigger commitment. Um, maybe not a bigger commitment, but I don't. It it seems like more of a commitment to saying you know I want to play football. And not only that, I can see so much of this is I can see now that there's a path. There really is one, and committing to that path, yeah. I feel like that even more is, is becoming a problem. this area, too. It's from too.
0: all over, right? It's not just yeah. one part of the state, right? You right. have uh, Malik Willis, who's a third-round pick. They're a quarterback out of Roswell, Georgia, right? We talked about the number one overall pick in Trevon Walker. He comes out of Thomaston, Georgia, right? Zacoby McClain signed that deal. He's out of Valdosta. myJ Sanders, a third-round pick. He's out of Camden. It's all over the state. And I think that's what's really special. We're covering the state championship game uh, in 4A uh, between Carver Columbus, which is in Columbus, Georgia, uh, which borders Alabama, and then you have BC out of Savannah, where you have now what Zaquan Bryan has offers from a ton of Power Five schools to play wide receiver. And then you looked at that line for Carver Columbus, and it was just nothing but Division One offers. Yeah, Georgia, yeah. Alabama, Florida State, right? So it's just it's a it's a different level, and I think a lot of the credit goes to the coaches, sure. and uh, obviously a ton of the credit goes to the players themselves and the development that they get put through, and then just the way that I think communities, go to a Pierce County game Mm -hmm. on a Friday night, right? Right. Go to a Fitzgerald game on a Friday night. Go to Memorial Stadium in Savannah on a Friday night. It's the support of the communities around it. It's how important football is in and around the culture in the South. We talked about it. Everybody around the country loves football, right? It is America's biggest sport. Yep. It is 365 days a year down here. Absolutely. Right, so it's just a total credit to the, the, I guess, the community and the climate around football in the state of Georgia. What we saw was a celebration of that this past weekend. Let's take a quick break. Let's talk about the University of Georgia. And I said it, the state of Georgia had a big weekend. In a lot of different yeah. ways, for yep. sure. So we'll talk yeah. about the University of Georgia, the records they broke over the weekend. Uh, look at the Falcons draft, because P.J. something we did not see a lot of uh, under the previous regime. A grades yeah. for the Falcons draft class yeah. from a lot of media members. Really like that Desmond Ritter. Third round pick. We'll talk about that. Uh, And then get you ready for some Braves baseball. Got a big series coming up, four game set uh, with the NL East leading Mets coming up. We will not have shows on Tuesday or Wednesday. We got a doubleheader of baseball for you tomorrow. And then we have a getaway game on Wednesday, uh, wrapping up that series against the Mets. So no show Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll be back on Thursday. But let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about the weekend that Georgia had because. I'm Kirby Smart and I'm recruiting somebody after that. I'm just turning on the draft and, and walking out of the living room. Yeah. Let's All take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Number of draft picks from the University of Hawaii. Uno. Number of draft picks from the University of Kansas. Mm. One. Oh, they had one. That's. Yeah. Number of draft picks. From Cedar Grove High School.
1: Three. There you go. Makes sense. Number of
0: draft picks from Marist High School.
1: All right, now, yeah. Two. Makes 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 a whole lot of sense. Number of draft picks. Right. From the University of Texas. Oh, it's got to be in. Hook them. It's got to be double digits because they're back. Hook them. Did you hear that, by the way? Zero. Whoa. Imagine that.
0: How is that possible?
1: <laughs> like even in the know, worst man. of times. Yeah.
0: Texas should have somebody. It should be a law.
1: Listen, all their great players were freshmen. Wait, what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And ma-
0: people are like, "But the transfer portal." Like, well, okay, you should have like if you're Texas, you should have got some NIL money together and gotten a player in there that had some draft prospects last year yeah. and let them play it out.
1: There's ways. Zero. There's there's ways, yeah. That's that's embarrassing. Zero, honestly.
0: All right. Also, over the weekend, I or like before the weekend, I asked you over under, fourteen players drafted. It's true. Yeah. From Georgia, and I think you said, right at it.
1: Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I think
0: uh, you took it a hit. That yeah, makes sense. You took yeah. the
1: push. You said fourteen. Right.
0: Because it would be hard to get. We were talking. We were down basically to Justin Schaefer. John Fitzpatrick and Jay Camardo were like, eh, all three of those guys probably aren't getting drafted.
1: I definitely remember. Yeah. Yeah. I said four in the first round. Because I, I went I went conservative right. with that. You, Knowing you, me, I probably, yeah, I probably yeah. pushed the 14.
0: So, over hit. Yeah. Basically all 15 guys. Big time. That were eligible to be drafted from the University of Georgia. And the reason I put the asterisk on that is Adam Anderson charged with rape prior to the NFL draft. I think it's safe to say, unless something crazy happens, his football career is done based off the allegations there. So the 15 players that I would say were actually eligible from the University of Georgia to be drafted, 15 for 15. New NFL draft record. Now, for the Notre Dame fans that want to point to the draft from 1834 and be like, the back of the draft. Oh, uh, Notre Dame had thirty-seven players drafted one year. What drafts? It's them. like, well, here's the thing: there was like two hundred rounds.
1: Yeah, what are back we even then? talking about?
0: I don't care. We're talking about since 1994, when the NFL draft went to seven rounds. Mm-hmm. Two teams prior to this year had the record. 2004 Ohio State saw 14 players get drafted, and then 2019 LSU in the 2020 draft saw 14 players get drafted. Arguably the best college football teams, yeah. like like in the conversation, like top five college football teams ever.
1: I think I'm more surprised that that just like the 2019 at LSU certainly makes sense. Ohio State back in 04 was was. I'm, I think I'm more surprised that that Miami team, 2000 Miami, I, it was kind of spread didn't have out. that. Yeah,
0: it was kind of spread out. Like when you looked at their their depth chart and you have like Sean Taylor and Ed Reed. playing in the same secondary it's like one of them's a junior one of them's a freshman so it was it was was kind of spread out or like you have willis mcgahee and frank gore in the same backfield, right right like so it's like it was it was a little bit spread out but yeah still freaky (laughs) Yeah, i'll still say 2000 i'll still take 2001 (laughs) miami as the best ever yeah but that being said we're talking about big weekend for georgia 15 players drafted yeah from the university of georgia uh Green Bay became the first team ever to take two players from the same school in the same first round. Took Quay Walker and Devonta Wyatt in the first round. And what, actually. Became what a pair the, yeah, became the first became the first team ever to pick players from the same school with three consecutive first round picks. Cause yeah. in twenty twenty one, they drafted Eric Stokes. From Georgia, so it's it's safe to assume that right. like the Packers front office just comes down, watches that defensive tape, and goes, yeah, that'll work for us.
1: Yeah, good thing too. I mean, yeah, they they, they certainly need the help with that defense, but also, I mean, if you're not paying attention to Georgia's defense, especially over the last couple of years, like what are you doing? Right. So no, I think they, they are honestly making insanely good decisions. And again, like that yeah. that that pair of those two helping out your defense, man, that's that's huge. And that's
0: exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles. Felt, when they decided to take Jordan Davis, trade up for him to get him at 13, yeah. uh, and then take N'Kobe Dean in the third round, which I found the N'Kobe Dean stuff fascinating because I understood it. He was the, and I, listen, as you get mad in your car, <laughs> that's listen. Why, that's
1: like kind of why I looked over. I was like, what?
0: Listen, huh? apparently there was some injuries that he had been dealing with. And when you are making an investment, it's hard to spend a first round pick on something like that, especially for an undersized, albeit amazing linebacker, best player on that defense, in my opinion, undersized. And if you watched his pro day, you could tell something was clearly wrong. It came out after the pro day. He had a strained peck that he suffered while getting ready for the draft, but there's been labrum tears and there's been other shoulder injuries, right? Uh, there have been rumors of lower body injuries, right? So, N'Kobe Dean. And that might just be the reality of playing inside linebacker for three years in the SEC. True. Right? When you're sticking your face in there with Evan Neal every play and you're having to tackle Brian Robinson.
1: Yeah, you're going to get banged yeah, up, man. You're
0: going full tilt. It, it's going to
1: hurt. That's why like, I'm kind of on the opposite end. But, you know, I, I'm surprised right. we, well, well, here's we don't let see me, this let maybe let a little more. Yeah, is also,
0: if it's any other inside linebacker, you're like, third round good. <laughs> it's just because it's Nakobe Dean. Yeah, you're probably and everybody right. Everybody loves him. The th- <laughs> third
1: round! You're probably right. Yeah. Third round!
0: It's like, no, it's a, in the first few rounds, it's quarterbacks, wide receivers, DBs, and edge rushers, right? Like, that's that's what people like to slide. Oh, in offensive tackles. Some of the other positions you don't really see up there all that often. You have to be one of those freaky guys that also has the measurables, like a Roquan. Yeah, right. Roquan right. had the measurables. He was Nakobe Dean, but bigger. True. That's why he goes that high. And it's like, think about the guys who get drive out. Luke Keekley but Luke Keekley's like 6'3", and his arms are 19 feet long. Yeah. Or Patrick Willis is, right? The mutants. Now, yeah. Kobe Dean can fly, was Georgia's sack leader this past year, but I understood the hesitation with the injuries. And I think the Eagles now can say, if it works out, amazing. We got the dude who is arguably the best player and the leader of the best defense we've seen in a long time in college football, and we got him in a third-round pick.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I guess, like, you kind of putting the cherry on top of that point, like, that that makes sense to me a lot more now. I didn't – I wasn't – you're right. I, I let my eyes, I guess, get, get the better yeah. of me. As soon
0: as he didn't go with, like, the 30-second overall pick, everyone was like,
1: oh! Yeah, exactly, because you're like uh, – you just look at the production of what he was able to do with that defense. But at the same time, like you said, with, with – the size and everything like that and where inside linebackers normally go in the draft i guess that does make sense i still not, now i tweeted something else different but you know that's that's probably my heart more than anything else i think N'Kobe dean really is is probably the steal of that this draft even with him being drafted normally where an inside linebacker would be yeah. uh, if you just purely look at the, the production and what he can do for your defense uh, man i i think that's probably the steal of the draft and also i know i was just talking about the pair um that the Packers got yeah but if I had to pick if, if I could only pick two guys on the Georgia defense to pair up on my defense man Jordan Davis and Nekobe Dean it's hard to beat that Bro, you're in, the inside so, of your
0: defense just got so much better nasty dude yeah just so, got yeah. so much better uh but again just looking back at it you set a record and just think about the ammunition that this gives Kirby smart for sure we've been talking about this right it They've won the national championship. Multiple teams have won the national championship since Nick Saban got there, right? Yeah. We've seen LSU jump up there. We've seen Ohio State jump up there and win one. We've seen Clemson jump up there and win a couple, right? But we haven't seen anybody sustain. Yeah. Like even talk about Ohio State, right? Ohio State's behind Clemson in my opinion. They're sustaining. They sustain on the outside. Winning, looking they sustain winning their conference. Yeah, exactly. For the most part. Exactly. Like they just they they're always up there. Every now and then they'll jump up and get bit by a Michigan. Like this past year, but for the most part, they sustain like Clemson does, winning their conference and then earning that bid to the College Football Playoff. But in terms of winning national championships, yep, you have an LSU jump up there. A year later, their coach is fired, mm-hmm. right? You have, and like we said Ohio State won the first one in 2014. Have they? They've been to one championship game since. Yeah, right, and it really wasn't close. Right against Alabama. So, is Georgia in that position? To step up and get there and compete with Alabama for that national championship spot every year. And obviously, they have a tougher uh, a tougher road to hoe than a Clemson and an Ohio State. Not because they play in the SEC. Well, I shouldn't say. Not because they have to play an SEC schedule, but because they have to get by Alabama to get to the College Football Playoff. For the most part, we could see it again next year, like this year, where both of them get in. But you have that step one step earlier. Mm-hmm. than any of these other teams that we're talking about so
1: sometimes you play them in the season yeah sometimes you'll get like a
0: rematch in the uh, yeah. you'll get a rematch in the conference championship or something yeah. like that but it's the ammunition that this give, is given Kirby smart not not just in recruiting right but like in the recruiting idea of name image and likeness, you can tell them like what country has had or what uh in the country what school has had more exposure than us. True. Sure. Like look, it was I told you it was gonna be a Georgia infomercial. Yeah. And that's and it was. absolutely what it turned out to be. And so now, like I said, you can walk in, turn on the tape of the 2022 NFL draft and just walk out and say, call me.
1: Yeah. Quick question. Yeah. Cause there's two insanely impressive like one's a record and yeah. one's just a to me an, an insanely impressive thing that he can walk in and say, and say this. The new record, is that more impressive? Or 15 for 15. Like, I don't think that's something that should be taken lightly. Yeah, And I no, think that's, that's also a huge recruiting tool that he can say, sure, we got a bunch of players, but we didn't have 25 players that could have been drafted and only got 15. We were 15 for 15. Like, to me, that's insane.
0: Yeah, I uh, 15 for 15 is probably the more impressive yeah. of the two. And what's wild is none of them were seventh-round picks.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's, Yeah.
0: It was 15 in the Even first six fun. rounds.
1: Yeah. That's insane. That's crazy.
0: And shout out to the Atlanta Falcons for helping get that done. Because they took care of, True. they took Justin Schaefer and John Fitzpatrick. So
1: You think they like, sent a little Kirby, Kirby Smart like, come on. Like, sliding in the DM yeah. there? Like, hey, can you guys help us said, listen,
0: I'll, I'll try. <laughs> listen, you guys take these two players. I'll try to get more than 20,000 people in Mercedes-Benz for you. <laughs> there, there you go. Coming up this year. I mean. If anybody shows we'll show the Falcons how to pack out Mercedes-Benz he didn't say it's what Alabama and Georgia
1: yeah I was about to say he didn't say what game though <laughs> well,
0: first game of the year yeah he didn't say Oregon what, Georgia and then Merce- in Mercedes-Benz yeah, yeah first first game of the year let's take a quick <laughs> break I do want to talk about the Falcons because they are getting a lot of love uh from a bunch of media members and I think it was actually a good draft uh for the Falcons so let's come back let's talk about some draft grades for the Falcons next right here on ESPN radio Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you with us here on this Monday afternoon. PJ, it was I'm a very in. odd weekend because I'm used to looking and just, I guess, wallering in pity at how bad things are after sure. the draft. And I wasn't overly excited about the Drake London pick. But following, now that I see this draft as a full picture, right? Mm -hmm. Right? I was missing the forest for the trees, kind of the whole whole deal there. Now that I see it as a full picture, right? Sure. I I like it. And apparently the rest of the people who get paid a lot of money to write about this stuff liked it as well. So let's do a quick recap of who the Falcons selected in the draft. Obviously, first-round pick, number eight overall, Drake London, a big old USC wide receiver, 6'4", Huge bodied guy. A lot of people comparing him to a Vincent Jackson type of wide receiver. And I think some underrated <sighs> breakaway speed for him, but a possession wide receiver. And the the benefit of the doubt I'm giving them is Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have obviously been around for a long time. Terry Fontenot had a lot of do, to do with the Michael Thomas pick uh, for the Saints, right? And the Titans have had some pretty dang good wide receivers in Arthur Smith's time with them. So giving them the benefit of the doubt because they took the first wide receiver. So they felt like he was the best guy for their system. So all right, I'll give him a check mark at the eighth overall pick. Good Love point. thirty picks later, the thirty-eighth overall pick, Arnold Ebikidi yeah. out of Penn State. I've been practicing.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know uh, that's someone that I wasn't even confident yeah. last week yeah. on on how to say it. Yeah. So good out job of, out yeah. of
0: Penn State and is just about six four, two hundred fifty, two hundred sixty pounds of get after. It. Yeah. Out of I uh, just collapse the pocket and I think a pretty dang good run defender as well, uh, especially from some of the stuff that you sent me over this past weekend. So really like that pick. And then the second pick in round two, Troy Anderson, a linebacker out of Montana State. Now before you freak out about getting a linebacker of Montana State, dude played linebacker, running back, and quarterback for Montana State. He's about six <laughs> four yeah. playing inside linebacker, has arms for days, and it's just, I think the Falcons are hoping he can kind of be a Luke Keekly right kind of guy. Big time pick up there at the linebacker position, and a guy that Mel Kuyper loved. So I, I, I've had my disagreements with Mel Kuyper, but you know what, I'll take it. If you're taking a flyer on attributes yeah. with the second pick in the second round, I get it.
1: Yeah, and that that's that's fine from that standpoint. And with the Luke keekley comparison, right, yeah. let's not make pretend like... You know, Luke Kuechly came out of, you know, Alabama. is Boston College. just kind yeah, of the same like thing as Montana State. Like
0: yeah, it's just, uh, just similar. Multiple All-American, like, <laughs> ACC tackle leader. Yeah, Luke Kuechly was totally the same as Montana State. So uh, true. Here's where I think the, the diamonds and the rough start shaking out too, which is fine when you get to this point. 74th pick, third round, Desmond Ritter. So you get your quarterback. And he was the first quarterback taken after Kenny Pickett was taken with a 20th pick in the first round. And so I think the reality of this draft was – none of the quarterbacks were great. Yep. Right? And we knew that, but it felt like all the storylines that kept getting pushed, like, oh, no, Malik Willis could be a top 10 pick, and yada, yada, yada. It was, no, the NFL realized what the cap was for a lot of these guys, and it's very low floor and maybe some potential, but let's just let's wait it out and see what happens. And so once Desmond Ritter gets taken, then you see a bunch of quarterbacks get taken off the board, yeah. and it, but it's all on the third round and later. So... I like the Desmond Ritter pick because if he works out, you got to steal in the third round. Mm-hmm. The higher probability is he's just an okay NFL quarterback. And you know what? That's fine with a third-round pick. He yeah. can be a backup, or if it just doesn't shake out in Atlanta, it's a third-round pick. You didn't spend a top-ten pick on something you weren't sure about. So I really like that pick. For Like I said right here, his ceiling in the NFL, uh, this is per PFF, is probably good starter. Yeah. Right? Where he could be a great quarterback, Right. If everything works out, like you mentioned, like a Russell Wilson where yeah. everything, the stars kind of align. And he's a guy who went to the college football playoff, took Cincinnati to the college football playoff, right? I, I like that pick. Uh, now, here's where the Flyers really started. Third or Second pick in the third round, you get Edge D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky, another one of these Georgia high school football players uh, getting drafted. And he is very much a high-ceiling guy. Where he's a pass rusher out of Western Kentucky. Get after it long, lanky. If he works out, great. You got another pass rusher. If not, again, 82nd pick. Uh, round five, Tyler Algier out of BYU. Big old physical between the tackles running back with some breakaway speed from BYU. He's probably going to be your lead back, if I had to guess. Uh, and if you can get your lead back in the fifth round, yeah. you're, you're doing some it's good, pretty good value. Yeah. And then. Here's where you get excited, PJ. Hey-o. For the first time since 2011, the Atlanta Falcons selected Georgia Bulldog in the NFL draft. You love it. They go get Justin Schaefer, uh, the guard from Georgia, and he is hes a guy who plays with a nasty edge to him. Go back and watch the national championship. When Georgia started going on those death marches with Zamir White, mm-hmm. he, they started pushing the pile. Justin Schaefer's a dude who's like doing like belly flops on top <laughs> of the pile. Yeah. He's getting in, in the scuffles with guys after the plays, but also just... A nasty run blocker. I think that kind of attitude, he's one of the guys from Cedar Grove, so a hometown guy, that kind of attitude is really, I think, could be a good infusion on the Falcons' offensive line. And then the final pick of the draft for the Atlanta Falcons, another Georgia guy, John Fitzpatrick, tight end. He is the antithesis of Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, big, tall, lanky, go-get-it receiving tight end. John Fitzpatrick had less than 10 receptions.
1: I'm really happy about not only the pick, but now I know what antithesis means. Yes.
0: So <laughs> you go get a big blocking tight end who has some receiving abilities. Yeah. Yeah. But you go get a big smart blocking tight end and another Georgia dude. Yep. From Marist High School in Atlanta. So you go get another Georgia guy, John Fitzpatrick, uh gonna be playing tight ends for the Atlanta Falcons. I think he'll be a guy who makes this roster. Right. I think is a blocking tight end. Uh and something funny too that you can go back and look. Georgia now in the past three drafts, 2020, 2021, and 2022, has had a tight end drafted that had less than 10 receptions his final year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But again, like, yeah. I, I think that's good teams, and, and a lot of the drafts, you know, a lot of yeah. the draft picks are, are teams that see a situation, see these one situational type players that they need, yeah. and they go and get them. And I love mm-hmm. the fact that, that with those couple picks, especially, I know you love this too, Yeah, it got a little bit more nasty. A little bit more powerful. Dude, I hope Justin Schaefer goes out there
0: and, and they're competing in camp, and Jalen Mayfield gets a look at what you're supposed to look like when you're playing offensive. There guard. you go.
1: Yeah. So, rub off on him a little bit. Yeah.
0: That being okay. said, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back and get you ready for three and out next right here on ESPN Radio.